Visit QuizBowlCast, episode 48E, 2008 Rapalatus Trash Torment, recording 5. And demonstrates that duck drowning Marvin Adams did not gas John Witherspoon, and in a later one tries to figure out why glamorous Eleanor Corbin was walking around the park in a see-through slip. In another, he ends up protecting guilty Dwayne Jefferson, but technically wins a bet by demonstrating that, he's, that that's not his real identity. And in another, must clear himself when his fingerprints and Peter Brunold's bloodshot glass eye are found near a corpse. He often runs afoul of prosecutor Hamilton Berger, often for supposed law-breaking committed by his assistant Paul Drake or his secretary Della Street. Wolf. Uh, Nick Five. Chris White's famous lawyer who appeared in over 70 novels, Michael Stanley Gardner. Seven. Uh, yes. Uh, Permission? Yes. Yeah. Bonus. Answer some questions about noted internet personality Neil Cisuriga for Cisuriga originated this style of video, which generally consisted of taking a Japanese song, slapping some manda greens onto it, and filling the screen with tons of really weird images, often involving Colin Mockery. Examples yeah. include Wizard Power and Hyakugo Juichi. I know what it is, but I can't come up with the name of it. Dubbing. Dubbing. Animutation. Sisteriga may be better known for this series, whose first two episodes were Father and Snape and Trouble at Potter Potter Pals. Yes. With his band Lemon Demon, Sisteriga has recorded such popular hits as The Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny, and one decrying the originator of this website, ebombsworld.com. 20. Toss up two. Its author once asked why a Lego bike is the dopest shit ever, answering himself by saying that it just is. Comic speech bubbles are drawn on pictures of his girls of the week, though more attention has been given to every work of Takashi Murakami. It's also noted for rants that apologize for video screen malfunctions, as well as one that places blame on Pearl Jam and the tech crew for the failure of its author's lighting rig at Bonnaroo, though he promises a post on a recent scuffle with a paparazzo. So you want, like, Kanye West's website, Kanye West blog? Yes, I do want Kanye West. <laughs> Steven Tyler joked that instead of a set of stuffed animals, only a bear with a slashed wrist and stuffing spread on the floor would grace its cover. For ten points each, identify this 1975 Aerosmith album, whose title track talks about how voices scream in the titular portion of the house. Uh, the, it's something in Attic. Uh, just called the attic. It's not like the pictures in the attic. Answer? The attic. Toys in the attic. 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 While well, a smash on its release, this single from Toys that claims you ain't seen nothing till you're down on a muffin gained bigger prominence when reworked by Jason Mizell, Joseph Simmons, and Daryl McDaniel on 1986's Racing Hell. Sweet emotion. This is Walk This Way. The B-side from Toys opens with this Aerosmith classic noted for a monster Joe Perry riff, as well as for lyrics in which Steven Tyler says that some sweat hog mama with a face like a gent that might get up and go must have got up and went. Yeah, that's right, for 10. Ride the pony. Uh, toss up three. Between 2001 and 2006, the Waterloo Quiz Bowl team seemed to be a haven for this. Behavior at 2007's Deep Bench suggests that the members of Iowa State A suffer from this. Alcoholism? Correct. <laughs> Brandon Vern. I was talking to them about that at their, you know, their winter tournament that they keep blasting me for now, and they were like very proud that they were 
quintuple drugs. The two major plots in this film follow newly appointed drug czar Robert Wakefield's struggles to clean up his addicted daughter and Javier Rodriguez's attempt to negotiate his relationship with General Salazar. For ten points each, name this film starring Michael Douglas and Benicio del Toro. Traffic. Yeah, that's traffic. traffic. Correct. Traffic was directed by this man whose other films range from the Uber indie Sex, Lies, and Videotape to the Uber commercial Ocean's Eleven. Soderbergh. Correct. This Hispanic character actor plays Del Toro's partner, Manolo. In addition yes. to playing Gunner in this summer's death race, he has featured in two Robert Kennedy films as Miguel and Bobby in Cesar Chavez in RFK. I don't know, like Luis Guzman or something. Maybe. Guzman. This is Jacob Vargas. Oh, okay. So, 20. Four. Among their record 31 bowl wins is a 1925 win over Washington in the Rose Bowl, their first national championship. They don't recognize four national title wins credited to them by the NCAA, including a 1977 campaign capped off by a 35-6 demolition of Ohio State in the, Super, uh, in the Sugar Bowl, and a 1966 season where the AP ranked them third despite being the preseason number one and defending national champions. Noted as a quarterback factory, alumni of this program include Bobby Skelton as well as the 1965 national championship win- winner Steve Sloan. In addition, this program launched the careers of the first three quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl, most notably Joe Namath. No, uh, that would be... Me. That's yeah. Alabama. Yes. Sat on that forever. From 1925. Born in Damascus, he was working as a cab driver in Karachi when he was kidnapped and turned in for reward money by Snowfallopagus. For ten points each, they named his comically bearded red puppet, a special correspondent who reported on conditions in U.S. terror camps. Something. Oh, this is like that Elmo, like, onion thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, Elmo. This is Gitmo. Gitmo. Okay. Gitmo was ventriloquized by this man on his show, whose recent segments include Dick Movie of the or Dick Move of the Week and You Don't Know Dick. He waterboarded Gitmo by drinking a glass of water, prompting the revelation that Big Bird was a Mossad agent. Who's Who's this? Uh, Sod, okay. Do we, do we know Who this? a puppet show? Uh, Answer? Craig Ferguson. This is just John Stewart. John Stewart. Oh. Oh. Gitmo's final appearance came in an interview with this man to whose existential angst he replied, try having a hand up your ass. He was promoting a flop film in which he played the smooth guru Pitka. Uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Myers, yeah. That's right, for 20. The love guru. 10 points. There are 10. I'm assuming that movie flopped. Right? Yeah. Yeah. five. He guest started in a 2003 episode of The Twilight Zone where he voiced a possessed doll named Mr. Motivation. His first job after attending the University of South Dakota came as an intern for the Huntley-Brinkley Report. Shortly after, he became a host for CBS Sports. He worked as the minor sports anchor for NBC's coverage of the 2000 and 2004 Summer Olympics during his time working with Gisele Hernandez and Nancy O'Dell. A one-time star of a primetime Dr. Phil special, his job was terminated after a 2008 relapse into alcoholism, though producers blamed derogatory emails to staffers over his replacement during rehab Lara Spencer. He entered rehab for the first time, however, after a woman thought to be John... Pat O'Brien? Correct. Yeah, I just couldn't yeah, think of his name. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. Bonus. Maybe baseball players who came out of nowhere in 2008 for 10 points each. R. Hensel, thinks, R. Hensel thanks his programmer for this Rangers DH, who stayed healthy for the first time since 2004, and is leading the league in on-base percentage in OPS, as well as attacking opposing commentators. Bradley. Bradley. Correct. This guy, selected after Daniel Moscos uh, in the 2007 amateur draft, rose to consensus top prospect and Baseball America Player of the Year status with this 355 average for Frederick and Bowie. He's the future catcher for the Orioles. John can't shut up about <laughs> No one cares about the Orioles. Matt Hart. This Weeders. is Matt Peters. At the time of his signing for Seattle in 2005, he was called the Greg Maddox of Mexico. Following four non-descript years in the minors, he earned a spot in the Braves rotation and broke out with 102 Ks in 145 innings. Chavez. This is Jorge Campillo, so 10. 
Cossack 6. Uh, the Austin, Austin T, Kino disaster of 2000 was commonly compared to this film, through, uh, though a pair of similar catastrophes in Sao Paulo in the 1970s likely influenced the novels by R.M. Stern and Thomas Scorcia that make up its screenplay. Its inexplicable casting includes Fred Astaire, who won a Golden Globe for his portrayal of aristocrat Harley Clairbone. While it won an Oscar for his love theme, we may never love like this again. The role of the fire chief was heavily reworked when the original choice to play protagonist Doug Roberts, Steve McQueen, opted to play Michael. There would be a fire chief in the towering inferno. Uh, yes. And that's what I was thinking. You know what Inferno is? It's a fire. <laughs> I hear that that's, you know. Celebrities sometimes appear in video games for 10 points each. This comedian made a cameo appearance in The Sims House Party if your party was going well enough. It's Bernie Mac. Or, no, no, it's Drew Carey. Okay. Drew Carey, Drew Carey. Correct. This Chinese martial arts movie star was the namesake of a PlayStation 2 video game subtitled Rise to Honor. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee? This is gently rise to honor. Really? In this series of fighting games, you for a music label. You can face off against Ghostface, Killa, Ice T, and Henry Rollins. This is a Def Jam Vendetta. Def Jam Vendetta. It's just the Def Jam series. So twenty. I need to get that game. I, I didn't know there was a way for me to punch Henry Rollins in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we get there twenty. Plus up seven. Yeah. Sting's only foray onto the Billboard country charts was a duet on his "I'm So Happy I Can't Stop Crying," a hit on 1997's "Dream Walking." He first found Nashville's success in 1993 with a self-titled debut noted for his power mullet and singles like A Little Less Talk, A Lot More Action, and Should Have Been a Cowboy. A backdrop during his 2003 shows saw a pop star photoshopped next to Saddam Hussein. That pop star said a song inspired by his late father's patriotism makes country music sound ignorant due to lines like, man, it's going to be hell when you hear Mother Liberty ringing her bell, and we'll put a boot in your ass. Keith. Yes. Fuck, I was just, like, I didn't have Ingram the balls American. to buzz in. Yeah, I didn't. Well, that's been a problem with this tournament. Yes, exactly. Toby Keith would not approve And that's actually it. She found greatest success saying that no matter what I do, even when I'm with my boo, you know, I'm crazy over the guy that sings about how it's, it's hot Nelly's. here. For 10 points each, then by this R&B singer who, despite hitting it big with the hook to Nelly's dilemma, could never escape the shadow of her bandmate, Beyonce Knowles. Oh, is it like Kelly Rowland? Yeah. Kelly Rowland? Yes. Dilemma appears on this Rowland solo debut, also known for songs like Stole and Made in Manhattan's Train on a Track. Come on, dude. This is all you. I really have no idea. This is all you. Jennifer Lopez is on the six. No. This is simply deep. Once again falling short of another black songstress, Roland was beaten out by this former American Idol contestant for the role of Harry's assistant Louise in the film version of Sex in the City. Maybe it's because she won an Oscar in Dreamgirls. Hudson. Eight. This character convinces cowardly Arvid Harbinger to rejoin the fight in one film, and in another accuses his boss of treachery by saying not playing to win is like sleeping with your sister. Between those films, he retires to a monastery where monks take a vow of celibacy like their fathers before them. Prior to the first, he retreats to an Indian village and is dubbed Fluffy Bunny Feet. Due to trauma regarding his father Buzz's crash, he is diagnosed with paternal conflict syndrome in the first film in which he appears, but Colonel Block does not ground him in hopes that Operation Sleepy Weasel will fail. In the second, he leads a Rambo-esque mission against Saddam Hussein. For ten points... That's over here. Shit, this is, uh... Walker, Texas Ranger? Uh, Nick Five. Sorry. Famous lover of Ramada, played by Charlie Sheen in the Hot Shots films, who shares his last name with his favorite motorcycle brand. Whoops. That is... Wait, on the end. Harley? Yes. Sorry. It was like Charlie Sheen's character. That's probably I couldn't remember what the name of yeah. his character yeah. in Hot Shots was. <clears throat> it's been like 15 years since I saw the movie. For some reason, supporting actors tends to be the Oscar category easiest for non-Caucasians to break in through. For ten points each, the first film to see two black women nominated in any categories were this film supporting nods to Margaret Avery and Oprah Winfrey as Shotgun Sophia in this film starring Danny Glover and Whoopi Goldberg. Color purple. Yes. 
Juanita Moore was nominated for Best Supporting Actress as Annie Johnson, mother of light-skinned Sarah Jane, who tries to pass for white like Sandra Dee's Susie in this remake of a 1934 film. It shares its name with a 2002 R.E.M. single. Single. Uh, Imitation of Life. Patty McDaniel notes to Scarlett that what men say and mean are two different things in reference to Mr. Ashley in this Victor Fleming film. Gone with the Wind. Hmm. What could that be? Nine RCA hoped that this show, which languished in its first season while airing against Perry Como, was for sales of color TVs. The show's focus was on a family that had the lion's share of the timber industry near Lake Tahoe, but often drifted to minor characters like the town sheriff's Roy Coffee and Clem Snyder, while two episodes dealt with developing the hyper-stereotypical family cook Chinese immigrant Hop Singh. Hacks ran a short-lived prequel to the show in 2001 that shared its alternate title, Ponderosa, which drew its title from the protagonist's family's ranch. That's a buzz over there. Bonanza? This is Bonanza. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, it's fucking Bonanza. Ponderosa. Okay. Identify these failed soft drinks for 10 points each. It was an attempt to capitalize on the sister brand's code red success, but generally bombed as people couldn't palate its cotton candy and bag berry taste before its discontinuement in 2004. Okay, so code red is not... Pepsi Blue was pretty shitty. No, it wasn't that recent. It's like... Answer? Livewire? Livewire. This is Pepsi Blue. Oh, it is Pepsi Blue. One of the new products to not recommend shaking the blizzard was the short-lived Sobe soda modeled after Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pitt. It was terrible also. Dr. Lightning? This is Sobe Mr. Green. Dr. Dr. Pepper was mixed with another PepsiCo brand, similarly replaced by the Tropicana Twister to make this soda. The Urban Dictionary credits it for causing unbreakable smiles and anal urination. (laughs) (laughs) Answer? Doctor Slice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Were all of these covered in that uh, old A hand name? Uh, zero <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten Doctor Slice. Possible ten. One of its members joined it this year, joined it this year after nine seasons with Chief a lot, and only one of its regulars was taken in the amateur draft. In his case, in the third round from Vanderbilt. It tossed out a Jewish Yale graduate its team had claimed off of waivers from Boston, and when it jettisoned Tom Mastiny, it added a player with a 1.43 career ERA and a ring, Brendan Donnelly. One of the reasons Scott Ellerton has nearly 16 innings for uh, it has been the decline of a Venezuelan who has walked less than 100 batters in his career, Rafael Betancourt. For 10 points, name this location that holds Masa Kobayashi, Rafael Perez, and Jensen Lewis, which the previous domain of luminaries such as Joe Borowski, Bob Wickman, and Jose Mesa. Like the Cleveland Indians bullpen. This is the Cleveland. There's <laughs> <laughs> been so much more baseball than like yeah. anything. That's else. because he's yeah. like, hey, Passner, write some toss-ups, and Passner's <laughs> like, okay, here's a hundred baseball. <laughs> Answer these questions about epic fighters in NBA history for ten points each. In one of the lamest decks ever, he received a 15-game suspension for punching Marty Collins in the face in a 2005 fight between the Knicks and Nuggets at Madison Square Garden. Stephon Marbury. Marbury. This is Carmelo Anthony. Oh, Anthony. He was suspended for a full year after choke slamming then coach PJ Carlesimo as a Golden State Warrior in 1997 before rebounding the Knicks. Correct. This current coach of the WNBA's Detroit Shock and namesake of a combat basketball game was noted for his fights, including a 1990 playoff fight with Charles Barkley. Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. Twenty. As a half. One eighty-five. Yes. Possible 11. He is paired with certain nabobs in a post-self-plugging Philly experiment about rare entries results written by Edmund Schlüssel. Dr. Chuck asked about the status of this man's facial hair while lamenting his own balding, and a 1999 post by him elucidates that computational toss-ups are answered at all far less than other toss-ups of a certain type. A Bruce Weber publication entitled Total Recall describes him reading an awful toss-up on William Henry Harrison in practice. Eric Hillman? 
Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, of course. Total Recall was the 1999 New York Times. That's the following about these non-Marvel, non-DC comics that have become movies for 10 points each. Marv tries to get revenge for Goldie's murder. Hardigan stops the yellow bastard and white saves the hooker's old town in this movie based on the Frank Miller graphic novels. Since it, this is, yes, featuring Tom Sawyer, Dorian Gray, and Alan Quartermain, this movie was not worth living based by Alan Moore. Noted worst movie ever made, LXG. League of Extraordinary yes. Gentlemen. Movie called <laughs> this movie comic features a character also known as the Right Hand of Doom. Who is saved from Nazis by Allied Forces? Yes, despite a career that saw him become the spokesman for devout Democrats and an attempt by his state's party to make him run for Senate against Jesse Helms, he supported a Republican former player, Richard Vinroth's candidacy for governor. His liberalism, however, is more noted for integrating the Pines restaurant and for signing his school's first black basketball recruit, Charlie Scott. Noted for a high graduate graduation rate, his players are highly regarded for becoming coaches themselves. They mean players and assistants like Matt Doherty and Larry Brown. Oh. This is Dumpia. Dean Smith. Yes. Damn. Identify these Fender guitar models for 10 points each. Keith Richards and Joe Strummer are among the players of this Fender, noted for bright tones from its double-wired bridge pickup and a mellow neck pickup, as well as a smaller headstock than its sister, the Stratocaster. Telecaster. Okay, so Telecaster. Telecaster. Surf rockers in the 1960s gravitated to this guitar designed to have short sustain and piano-like tones. In recent years, indie rockers like Sonic Youth and Nels Klein have given it new for prominence. My Fender guitar knowledge is exhausted. Yeah, I'm predicting 10 here. We don't know this. Doesn't really matter what model. This is the Jazzmaster. For both Taxman and Helter Skelter, Paul McCartney played this guitar, the first solo by Leo Fender, noted for only having one pickup. Bruce Springsteen's guitar contains its neck. I don't know, ES-335 or something. ES-335. This is Esquire. 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 If you go to a Sonic Youth show, they'll thread a cello bow through the guitar strings and slap it for an hour, so they don't need any particular models to do that. <laughs> the most recent Tony Award of this co-founder of Second City came for directing Spambalons. He was the first director to earn $1 million from a picture, doing so with 1970's Catch-22. One of his trademarks is a high air ending or opening buzz, 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 buzz. Uh, Nick five. What? Uh, one of his trademarks is a higher ending or opening shot, as seen in his direction for 2003's Angels in America, as well as in 1988's Working Girl. His cast won an SAG award for 1996's The Birdcage, while Elizabeth Taylor and Susan Dennis earned acting Oscars in his first film, a 1967 treatment of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Along with being known as one of the world's fastest humans with Elaine May, he won his only Oscar in 1968 for guiding Benjamin Braddock into Mrs. Robinson's room. For 10 points, named as director of 1967's The Graduate. Yeah, no kidding. You guys gonna get that ass visual bonus on that? This is Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols, yeah. Or Michael Igor Michalski. Oh, did Matt Shot Catch-22. Damn it. It came out the same year and Matt was left. Exactly. It came out the same time and they were both, like, compared. Their first album tells of a hitman who cannot gain respect or cool nicknames, as well as being born to choose as half the crowd is screaming out for born to run, the other half is screaming out for born to lose. Though it's best known for a song about the problems faced by the band through the 20th century, including how the 1980s almost killed me. A B-side from their most recent album, Ask Her for Adderall, culminates the stories of the pimp Charlemagne and hoodrat Holly that dominate 2005's Separation Sunday, the debut of keyboardist Franz Nicolay. Minneapolis geography references this band's songs, notably in Southtown Girls, a set of directions for a drug deal, and Stuck Between Stations, the first track on 2006's Boys and Girls in America, while the lead single on their latest album tells of a police interview conducted while the narrator is sequestered in Memphis. For 10 points, named this Brooklyn rock band fronted by Craig Finn, who released Stay Positive in 2008. The hold steady. Yes. Yeah. How did I know that that was going to come up at this tournament? <laughs> I have no idea. Minnesota. 
Maybe these 1940s film noir classics for 10 points each. Uh, Lana Turner's seductively evil eyebrows convinced John Garfield's Frank Chambers to help her murder her husband Nick Smith so they so can make the, the Twin Oaks a bigger scale attraction. It was remade in the, 1980, in the 1981 blank with Jack Nicholson and yeah. Jessica Lange. Is that Postman? Or is it yeah, it's Postman. Postman always twice. Yeah. This John Houston film sees Casper Goodman and Joel Cairo discover that the title object brought to them by Sam Spade is a fake despite being just up through the made Totally the object. Yes. Uh, this writer's film professor calls Rita Hayworth's entrance in, the, in this Charles Vidor movie one of the great hair moments in history. In it, she strips to the song Put the Blame on Mame, which infuriates casino boss Balan Munson and her lover Johnny Farrell, played by Glenn Ford. Mm-hmm. Right wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. This is Gilda. <laughs> Toss up. An interview with E! Online notes that this actor, who briefly appears as Kevin in an episode of Family Guy, guest starring Michael Chiklis, is commonly mistaken for Matthew Broderick. While acting on the West End, he submitted a tape too late to be considered for the role of Chandler on Friends. Soon after, a pair of television shows bombed, namely 1995's Partners. After his turn as Lenny in Superman 4, he appeared as Jim Poppenbach in Hot Shots with his current co-star on television, though he first gained film prominence in John Hughes' Pretty in Pink as Ducky. John Cryer. Correct. I just yeah. I knew yeah. the class didn't know what his fucking name was. <laughs> <laughs> Identify these football penalties for ten points each. This penalty occurs on kickoffs where the kick team fields the ball before going ten yards. It also occurs when a ball is thrown to a receiver who runs in and out of bounds. I mean that's an illegal procedure. A mm-hmm. illegal procedure? Uh, it's illegal touch. I can't take that. It's illegal touch or first touch. Okay. <laughs> this penalty doesn't apply when it takes place outside of the pocket or on spiked balls, but is mainly called when it throws yeah. fifty yards away from a possible recipient. Grounding. Intentional grounding. Yep. Band to protect the tackler's neck, this personal foul includes helmet to helmet hits and involves yeah. leading a tackle wow. with the head. I mean, leading a head, that's not what happens on horse. Answer? Like, what do you want? Helmet to helmet hit? This is spearing. Spear, spear. It's not. It's a legitimate. Toss up 16. This film was co-written by Louis C.K., who described it as a hatchet job with a few good moments, and is, by, it is based on a 1972 film starring Zuzu as the ingenue Chloe in Love in the Afternoon. Ed Herman gives the film's best advice that you, can't, you can lose lots of money chasing women, but you will never lose women chasing money, as the boss, Mr. Landis. While its most notable lines surround chicken driving, its protagonist finger-licking crazy, and his quest to go get some duck. So, I think I love my wife? Correct. <laughs> Because Louis C.K. Charlene Harris' most popular ongoing series of books is about mysteries set in the South that involve vampires for 10 points each. Named the telepathic protagonist of the Southern oh, Vampire I've Mystery been Series. Show, like Sookie's Stackhouse? Correct. Sookie's most notable relationship was with this vampire who was turned after the American Civil War. Um, oh, what's. Uh, Answer? Bill? Yes. <laughs> Uh, Bill Compton. Yeah. Bill. The series of books has been adapted as a television series for HBO. Give the name of the TV series. True Blood. Okay. That's what I've been watching. True Blood. 30. Nice. Don't read. Watch TV. <laughs> Obviously. Former Minister of Justice Tommy Lappin was commonly called the Israeli version of this character, noted for angering watchdog groups by thwarting a cross-burning. Along with predicting the 1980 election by writing in Ronald Reagan in 1976, he was a fervent supporter of Republicans like Richard E. Nixon. In an episode when locked in his storeroom, he confesses to dropping out of school due to... So Ben Stein gets locked in his storeroom. 
That's me. No, it's you. That's time? Yeah. No, no, thank God. In an episode, when locked in his... Oh, that's the right. Uh, Sorry, I'm just... Out of school, dropping out of school due to teasing of his family's fate in the Great Depression, namely when kids called him Shoe Booty. His racist tendencies were downplayed after his wife's death and a subsequent, oh, subsequent rebranding of his show to this character's titular place, though an enduring Sorry. joke in his original series was his hatred for liberalism manifested in his son Archie. Archie, Archie yeah, yeah. That's what I was stupid. Yeah. 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 Uh, ten points each. Uh, she broke up with her longtime boyfriend, Dean Forster, over the bad boy, Jess Mariano. Named the star's hollow resident and daughter of Lorelai, one of the titular Gilmore girls. God. Lorelai and... Rory? Rory. There we go. Rory? Correct. Ew. Rory confesses her regret over breaking up with Dean to this best friend and using the loving daughter of Ultra Seventh-day Adventists. Like I've like in fact never watched the show. Are you Tabitha? You go for it. I'm just making shit yeah, out. Like Asian. Tabitha. This is Lane Kim. Lane Kim. While taking a break from college, Rory takes a job with this sometimes bigoted patriotic organization that includes okay. women related to those who fought for U.S. independence. D.A.R. Yes. D.A.R. Twenty. Here, twenty. 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 Mom watched it. Really? 18. One player by with Cheers. this surname was the Brewers, starting center fielder in 2006, where he had an OPS 15 points below Jason Tyner's, while another was a lefty hitting catcher with the era appropriate nickname Nig, who caught for Cleveland in the aughts. The only decent active player with this name is batted over 250, only once since 2002, when he left the franchise that made him the second overall pick for the 1990 draft, for whom he had over 30 home runs for three consecutive years as first baseman. The only Hall of Famer with his name, Fred, collected 2,600 hits while also managing Honus Wagner to four pennants. For 10 points, give this surname shared by the Walk Happy Bopper on the 1987 cards, Jack, as well as a perennial 80s... Clark. Yes. Is that not our second baseball class? It is. Yes. That will be a second baseball Arbitrary like clue. This, this guy has an OPS 15 points below some other dude you've never heard of. Minnesota reference. Oh, clear. Yeah. I get the yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this man, your bonus, this man masquerades as his girlfriend's father in order to get her out of class and lip syncs in the Von Stuben parade to Dumbledore for 10 points each, meant by this chronic truant to suburban senior who travels with his girlfriend Jennifer and spent camera on his day off. You bet. When attending a fancy restaurant, Ferris poses as this ultra rich mobile, the sausage king of Chicago. He went to Grinnell. Uh, there was a thing yeah. the soccer yeah that's right the answer soccer man Abe Froman Abe Froman most of the high school scenes in Ferris Bueller were filmed at this Illinois high school's freshman campus notable alums of the Cuban Nick Matchin and Carlo Andrews <laughs> <laughs> do it it's Nutrien <laughs> I know they have they have a freshman campus I read that on the you, website right, well, it's, like it's a separate that's some solid like Nutrien high school well, sure. well, it's like two Abe miles Froman. away from the main high school toss of 19 a second year, a second year with this major is listed just below a tenth-year Pokemon master in the list of members of the Berkeley Club, a major shared with the primary perceived avatar of Oscar Girls Gone Wild. The UL Lafayette program is losing German Akuna to UT Austin's program in this field, and one player proposed four slash four of it. Connor Field. So this is for science. It is computer science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going on there? I wonder where yeah. Sean Scar got that question. Uh, I mean, UT Austin has a good CS program. That makes sense. Identify these drinks involving Jack Daniels for 10 points each. Combining orange juice, firewater schnapps, and Jack makes this drink that could have been thought up by Beavis or Butthead. Toilets, like... Uh, something like that. that something they say, like, cor- they call people dill holes a lot, and they say <laughs> cornholio. Answer? Cornholio. Any more? 
The great cornolium? There's this flaming cornolium. Well, we're <laughs> not going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> the Sprite and Triple Sec makes this drink named for the Tennessee town Jack is okay. distilled. Lynchburg lemonade. Correct. Lime, half a can of Sprite, and Jack makes this drink named for the bassist of Motley Crue. Uh, so Nikki Six. Nikki Six. Twenty. <coughs> Members of Motley Crue. Uh, last toss-up. Some sections of this work vary little from the original, including discussions of protecting a virgin little sister who has no breasts. Its remixed version contains rough chaptering, but largely eschews poetic meter for awkward wordings, particularly in its description of being bedded down in lush meadows and going through Death Valley instead of through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. It was inspired by a group of seminarians being extremely bored by the epistle. Make any sense? It's a parody of Gangster's Paradise. So is it Amish Paradise? Uh, Nick Five. It's a different uh, parody of Gangster's Paradise. Sense. Leading a professor to look for words as exciting as its original Greek and Aramaic. For ten points, in the Eugene Peterson translation that seeks to add modern relevance to the Bible. Hip hop Bible. This is the message. Oh fuck uh, yeah! Same thing. I thought it was on something. <laughs> but it was not. Uh, my 